Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one that made my fantasy football team shitty. This is I Am Garbage. to I Am Garbage. I am your host, Eugene Schacht, and this week we are joined in the studio by a very special guest. His name is John Marr. John, thanks for being here today. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Good evening. It is nighttime where we are recording, when we are recording. Early um, evening. Early evening, I guess. Um, welcome to the studio, though. You're actually the first person to ever be on this show, and First question, I mean, is it everything that you expected? How, what do you, th- what do you think? The studio? Yeah, the studio. Well, so the studio, in my heart and soul, is the bear room. Mm-hmm. And the bears provide excellent acoustic uh, buffers. I think it cradles our sweet, sultry voices in a way that is very pleasing to me. Oh, that, also, rem- that, that reminds me. Sorry, I have to lay out our acoustic buffer. Yeah, throw that, throw that acoustic buffer on the floor, boy. Yeah, this is, um... It's some very, very intense technology. I think it's going to really... Yeah. Does that bother you? What, the fleece blanket on the floor? No, the fleece blanket on the floor comforts me. I'm very happy about that. Um, I also wanted to remark that I appreciate the tableau of fine art that you put in front of your guests. Yeah, I mean, I want people to feel like they are in a museum when they're doing this podcast, because I think that that is the true vibe of I Am Garbage. Um, Historical. Preservation. Preservation. uh, Restoration. High high art. Forensics. Archaeology. Conceptual theatrics. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the format of the show. Have you listened to us at all? Uh, I gave you about 15 minutes, and then I I heard you say something that was shocking to me, and I I needed to turn it off before I absolutely lost my goddamn marbles yeah um fill me in all right so basically the show is um i am garbage is what it's called because i eugene am garbage Mm -hmm. the show is currently in its current format a recap of the 2022 bfa football season it's a good one where i was the worst team in the league because my team scored the least amount of points Mm -hmm. both from the where the fuck is it from the the bench all the way up to the top. The tippy top, you know, the QB. From the base yeah. of the shaft of your team to the throbbing tip. Of, yeah, of I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was throbbing as much <laughs> as it was whimpering. Yeah, um, kind of droopy. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was a great year for my team. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, the punishment of that is this podcast. However, you know, the podcast is going through a bit of a rebranding phase. We are looking at some potential... Um, other avenues for revenue. You know, I don't know if you've known, we've entered into a partnership recently with Bliss Brand, um, which has just done... Yeah. The street now. the street cred that the Bliss Brand has built over the past decade is uh, startling, to <laughs> yeah, say really. the least. And so, um, but yeah, so I mean, generally what we do here on the show is we go through week by week. We talk about... Um, shit that happened essentially i'm sorry that i'm not gonna poetically wax about that in any other way because from my perspective it was shit yeah yeah. but um you 
are, and you're a person I've wanted to have on the show for a while now, um, are a very interesting person to have here because mm. as an owner, you're sort of my foil in, in the league, especially during that season of mm. 2022, mm. where mm. I don't know if you've noticed, but you and I were on a very similar trajectory oh, oh. leading up to where we are now, really, week nine, before our two paths severely diverge. Non, not only did I notice, but I uh, was wrapped uh, with fascination uh, about the diverging paths that our teams took, which is why I took offense to your statement in episode one that if you have a bad start of the season, it's just really impossible to turn that ship around, you yeah. know? There's just no way for the pilot to get old Bertha to, to move out of the way of that iceberg. No possible way. So I'd be interested um, to, to plumb those depths a little bit. Absolutely. Then. I mean, yeah. and I mean, if if for those who are listening who don't really know me, I am a man who definitely does not see the world in black and white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is. I'm just living in a world of gray, you know. Fifty Shades. Even. Yeah, fifty one on a good <laughs> on, a, on a leap year, perhaps. Like the Inuit with <laughs> shades of gray here, just seeing. What their corneas are just highly developed. You can see so many more shades than the average person. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, as we were saying, you ended up going to the championship game. Uh, quite uh, yeah. the uh, Cinderella. I don't know if we call that a Cinderella story. What do you call it? Like, yeah, call it a Cinderella sort of, story. Somebody turns it around. Yeah. That's, That's what you want to want to call it. Okay, we can call it a Cinderella story. Um, while I just continue to wallow with the. Uh, the rats who drove the pumpkin home. Um, you want to run the numbers on that one? Just tell tell me what what the actual records were and kind of. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, at the end of the season, I was three and eleven, mm-hmm. and then you rounded out at eight and six for the regular season. Mm-hmm. However, you started off. I think it was zero and five before winning a game where I started off. Oh, I won one by the third game. I think we were both two and five by week seven. Yes. Yeah. And so. It was pretty shitty. And then you won two more. And then actually week nine, is, let's actually just get into it. You you get one out here. But let's, let's just talk about week nine and set the stage a little bit here. So in mm-hmm. week nine mm-hmm. in the NFL, um, some boys had gone down. Some boys had gotten traded. Kadarius Tony, he's now on the Chiefs. So that was a big free agent pickup for yeah. that week. Other guys, wide receivers, Romeo Daubs. Romeo Daubs. I don't know if you... Couldn't spot him out of a lineup. Um, one fellow who was on your team, Rondale Moore. He was one of the hot free agency pickups for that week. Uh, yeah, he he was a keeper, so I must have dropped him, and then he became hot, which kind of checks out for my team. Is a guy who drafted and dropped Justin Jefferson his rookie season. Uh, I, I'm, I'm prone to a knee-jerk, so yeah. but, uh, it, it does not surprise me if, if I did indeed drop Someone who was later coveted. So let's let's stop on that for a second, though. So Justin Jefferson, you dropped him. You picked him up and you dropped him. So would you say on the record that you discovered him? Uh, certainly. He was not a first-round selection. I think he was third round for me. And, you know, I watched so much LSU game tape. Just really, like, stuffing my face with gumbo and, and, and just slurping down light, light beers. Just... just you know, getting right into Bayou territory. Go, go Tigers. Go spelled with the X. Oh, very, very Cajun. I like that. A-U-X. Go Tigers. You're a regular guy. I immersed myself in the scene, and I saw Justin Jefferson as a transformative talent. 
so yeah, I, I spent a uh, you know a third round pick on him, um, and he had two tough weeks. Um, and you know, I think I probably picked up like uh, uh, Burkhead, you know, Burkhead. or someone like that to really yeah. fill in my fifth bench spot week three. And then Justin Jefferson just went on to become like the best fantasy wide receiver of the next three years. Yeah. So you know, I look back at it as a learning experience. Um, try not to beat myself up too much about making the single worst mistake in fantasy history, but um, you know, I think I, uh, I I I grew out of that experience, and and last year's performance was uh, evidence of that. Yeah, and I mean, I think like that's interesting because you know you talk about making a gigantic mistake, whereas I have made endless very big mistakes mm. um, <laughs> death by death by a thousand large cuts yes yeah. exactly yeah so like for example you in this week of week nine rondale moore is a keeper a free agent pickup for that week next on that list is the guy i was really hot on devin duvernay <laughs> of uh, baltimore ravens fame old devin duvet i don't even know just covering up those blankets can you keep them clean do you if you had to guess right now do you think devin duvernay is on the ravens or not sounds like a practice squad gentleman i actually don't know good let's, locker room guy let's let's take a look here let's do a quick google on Devin. great great duvernay. hobbies i think he's He's probably like a cinephile, hips all of his teammates on the like the newest con film festival releases. Devin Condu yeah. is that is <laughs> Devin Park City, Utah Duvernay. Alright, alright. So I mean he is still on the Ravens, so we know that Good for him. Um, he is was rounded drafted in the third round of the twenty twenty draft third by the Ravens. Wide receiver. Some would say the Ravens discovered him. Mm. Um, they did not cut him. But uh, let's see, personal life here. Oh, he's the cousin of Kyler Murray. Everybody yeah. knew that. I didn't know that. They look exactly the same. They both were oh, shit. They baseball products. You know, could have gone pro and something other than sports, probably. So is do you think Kyler Murray's mom is his mom's sister or do you think they have like a sister dad thing or mom dad thing <laughs> things get freaky uh in the panhandle of uh of oklahoma which is i think where kyler murray went to school yeah but um, uh devin duvernay is from texas let's see. yeah well that's the thing it's that's the red river shootout <laughs> it's, it's, it's cousins yeah it's lovers it's brothers it's sisters it's misters and they all kind of throb in the center until you pump out a, a Kyler and a Duvernay. There we go. I could have said all, better myself. <laughs> they're all super valuable in the NFL right now. I think what everyone I, agrees. I agree with that too. And I think what I really liked about Devin Duvernay um, was that his name sounded a lot like Duvet, which, you know, makes me think of beds. Yeah. And beds are great. Keeping, keeping things clean. Yeah. I mean, How many Duvernays can you fit in a Kyler, you think, contract-wise? Are we talking twin-size king, California <laughs> king? Okay, is that, that's, no, that's a, that's a, that's a twin set on the Duvernay <laughs> versus the California king on the old Kyler Murray. Oh, uh, absolutely. But some other free agents, I mean, a lot of dog shit, really, when you mm. think about it. Like, you look at them, there'll be people like Marcus Mariota, um, Greg Dulich. 
He's okay, I guess. Dulcich? 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 Dulcich. I just typed in Dulcich. I looked at that man's name once. Um, Andy Dalton, who the Red Rocket. I love seeing the Red Rocket come yeah. back. So these Red Rocket. There you go. I mean, that's the team name, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Evan Ingram's really popping up on charts, and that's a big mm-hmm. deal in the BFA because that's one-third of Dara's free agency. So he, um, Dara was really ahead of the curve on that one. Um, like he is on most things. <laughs> Constitutional law, yeah. architecture, child rearing, Evan Ingram. Yeah, man. That's that's Dara the... Nadiri. Forty under forty. <laughs> Is he still under forty? Yeah. <laughs> Do they, they I think they have to update that list yeah. pretty frequently, so I cannot imagine he's still Oh man, Dara Dara forty at spiritually 40. fifty under yeah. forty. <laughs> Man on wire mm. of forty. Um, love you, Dara. Love you too. Do you need a? Do you need a new bliss brew? Oh no, I already oh, perfect. All right. So um, and then an, an, a young man who's making waves during this week is Justin Fields as well. He's popping up on the waiver wire for the first time. Justin Fields forever. Nice. I like that. Oh, the levels on that. Oh well, we'll, we'll check them later. Get a few Spotify clicks on that guy. That little clip. Bust that out to YouTube. Well, don't get don't get too excited too quickly. But let's talk about so so Dar actually while he's on the topic, I that's the team I end up playing that week. Um, and just to give you a sense here, I'll show you how this turned out. Dara Dara put up a good one sixty two against mm. my eighty four point mm. six. In in Farsi, they call that a Molly whopping. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't good. It wasn't. I mean, the more that I stare at those numbers, the more I feel like uneasy. Yeah, Jesus, um, and that's and that's the thing. Like, um, he had some pretty dirty boys on his squad this week. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, thirty nine point three, but that's kind of standard. Joe Mixon is Lady just, Hunter. yeah. I mean, he was he was really hitting that week because he had yeah. put fifty five points. Jeez Louise. Yeah, so that was kind of the uh, the shit there for me. Uh, Juju Smith, thirteen point eight. Bucks D sixteen point five, but a lot not nothing else there. My team highest score was Dallas Goddard, uh, Terry mm. McLaurin eight point one, but Dallas had twenty one point zero. So that's is, like is that the moment you you mentally and emotionally cut ties with Terry McLaurin? Yeah, and it is, but like which is which is really stunning to me because at the same time I also started a young man named Devin Duvernay that week. Duvernay, <laughs> <laughs> the, the California King, the California of the, King. the uh, Panhandle, who got me one point zero points. Um, just bless his heart. If that's on the Richter scale, you don't even feel it. I don't. It's it's only geologist nerds who know that it even happened. Yeah, so I mean, Dar put that up without um, Christian McAfee or Debo because they were on um, bye. That's the thing that happened. Bye. But then, like, on the flip side of that, so I go to, I take 162 to 84. You, actually, in a championship matchup here against Ryan... Do one forty one ninety five to his eighty nine point three. Mm, yeah, that felt good. And how, did that feel good? Like so, talk to me. Talk to me about that. Well, I I respect Ryan in a lot of ways. Is a dog father, as a husband, as a pepper grower. True, true, true. Um, in fantasy football, it's a little harder. Uh, he's just he's just consistently good. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and. and casually knowledgeable in a way that I find 
uh, frustrating. <laughs> um, we're not even going to get into fantasy basketball, which is a whole nother can of worms. Um, but in fantasy football, I feel like a win over Ryan always feels like 1.5 wins. Okay. Because you not only beat the team of, of players in front of you, but you also beat, you know, let's be real, the evil empire of, of our fantasy football lives. I mean, I wouldn't go as far as calling him the evil empire. Sometimes I feel like that might be you at times. You, oh. you, you are a very polarizing figure in this league. In all leagues, really. I thought it was a force of good. Well, that's... Injustice and all that's right in the world, no? Well, that's... I think that's how all people look at themselves. Yeah. Especially myself. Which, I mean, but beating me is like... You talk about being Ryan, that's like a 1.5. Beating me is like a 0.5. Point, point something. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's you got not, a point. It's not, it's not a full point. Yeah. Um, but I think anybody who goes on to have um, sustained success, usually... I'm not going to say people don't like you. It's just people mm-hmm. are like... Mm-hmm. Damn, that team's good. Yeah. And that's it's annoying that you're consistently yeah. good. Um, in, in all fantasy worlds in our lives, uh, championship goes through Ryan Town in, in many circumstances. It goes through Johntown a lot too, though. And so I felt a win over a, a, a decisive win, and, and I hope you can give me a few more stats. Oh, I'll to, give you some stats. To buff, yeah. my, buff my bowling balls. But um, it, it gives you confidence that you can do it later. Yeah. Uh, and... You know, I don't know if we have time to get into the construction of my team, but I was sorely lacking confidence uh, that my team had any chance of, of success this year. Well, but check this out. So, talk about stats. So, Ryan's coming into this. Um, his players that are on by, which I think are worth calling out because it's they're, I thought it would be more substantial when I looked at the line. It was Najee Harris, who's kind of having a middling year. Um, Deontay Johnson, who... I don't know if he caught the touchdown that year or if he just... So you're saying Steelers not playing was a problem? No, I'm saying it wasn't a problem. I thought it, I thought he was going to have him. more guys... I thought he was going to have more guys on yeah. bye, yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, no touchdowns for Deontay. And then C.D. Lamb was his other guy on bye. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then, so... Joe Burrow, 25.2. Standard. Like it's a fine yeah, QB game. It's like an average for him, right? Uh, the hot... Or he had 22.9. I'm sorry. I was looking at the projection. The hot, one of the hot pickups that week was Khalil Herbert. 2.3. Which I think he didn't... I thought he had a better end to the season than that. So that might have been an aberration. Yeah. He did. He did have better end. Alexander Madison. 0. 0.6. Alexander uh, Madison. Jalen Waddle. 17. Stefan Diggs. 11.8. TJ Hawkinson. 11.5. Adam Thielen. 8.2, and then he's got Gus Edwards there in the flex. Still with a, Gus Bus. It's a zero. It's, it's surprising how many of those people are now on my team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Eagles go birds with 15. So it's, like, you, you hear the numbers. It's not, I don't even think it's the lowest of the week. No, it isn't. Um, that honor belongs to me with mm-hmm. 84.6. <laughs> and Spina also had 88.2. So it's, and I think I was legit actually starting my guys. Yeah. You had some buddies in your crappy foxhole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. However, your team, so, like, let's, you got some boys popping this week. Kirk Cousins, uh, 21.8, which is just, like, that is a Kirk Cousins Absolutely number. essential for the second half of my season. Yeah. Kirk Cousins uh, truly filled the, the role of, like, you pick up a QB and you just start him every week. 
and it's not going to be great. It's not going to be terrible. It's going to be just okay. Yeah. And that, that was helpful. And then, so, I mean, these are two guys right here who I think really define the, the second half of your season is Travis Etienne with 27.6 mm. and Kenneth Walker oh. third with 28.4. Oh, don't get me started on Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Really rode those two two boys to the promised land. Yeah, um, and so you're, you're Rondale Moore. Uh, you're, you're, you're more to my Duvernay. Yeah. 10.9 to Duvernay's 1.0. It's yeah. not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, he, I mean, it wasn't... I never looked at Rondale as like a, a, a linchpin of the team. Yeah. And he gets hurt a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, and you're you kind know. of like in this this weird like in-between sandwich of your roster where Tyler Boyd does 6.9, yep. Taysom Hill 1.1. 1. 1. Yep. Um, but then we pop back up Miles Sanders. Go Birds. 15.3. Well, no longer Bird, but you know how it is. Tyler Lockett, 15.2. And then Love the Vikings D... 14.75. So, and, I mean, you put in essentially the best guys you could. Oh, yeah. There was there was no... Generally, this year was uh, refreshing for me because I generally had no decisions to make. I had, like, maybe six or seven truly startable people, and then everyone else was like, I don't know, maybe. Um, so, you know, knowing that I went into the season with zero hope of success let alone making the playoffs let alone championship game um yeah things had to happen for me to have decisions to make uh, yeah period the only the, the only better decision you could have made here was uh dawson knox instead of Taysom hill and dawson had a whopping four points yeah so, yeah and- i was i was hoping for the really the weird three touchdown Taysom hill game like everyone rides that dragon at some point oh yeah of like a, but he's a quarterback but even tight end, and you know how I feel about tight ends, just absolutely. Well, well, for position. for the uh, the listeners who aren't familiar, how would how would you really define tight ends if you could in a sentence or two? Uh, fullbacks from ten years ago. Hmm. They're just they're uh, almost um, a relevant position that is meaningless anymore. I don't think anyone really lines up a tight end. Uh, like a you know Chris Cooley or a or a Novak. I'm trying to think of tight ends. So what is what is the what is the Mark Chimura? Who I'm pretty sure that guy beat his wife if I remember. I I, I am not a I didn't really follow that log line, but I bet if you go back far enough, probably. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, so anyway, I just I just think a tight end's a dying breed. There's two to three good ones in a given year, and I think. It's great. The good ones are great. Use them. Let's make it a tight end, wide receiver, flex position. That's it. I'm not going to belabor it. Purists who want kickers and long snappers and fullback positions, they also want tight ends. Can't argue with them. They're crazy fanatics. I'm just trying to be, you know, a, a calm guidepost in a storm saying, let's escape this madness. Make it a tight end, wide receiver. So do you think, like, do you think if... 20 years ago, there was Mike Allstott in the league. Do you think fantasy would be formatted where they would have a fullback position, or do you think they would just have Mike Allstott classified as a running back? I think probably people did start Mike Allstott back in the day with like early fantasy world. And I'm sure that there were years where people subbed in a random-ass uh 
fullback to to start in a in a running back position. Um, but I think people went into it into like when fantasy football was really formalizing. People went into it understanding fullbacks were being phased out. Hmm. So I don't think that was as much of a question back then. I think the problem is we've had so many years of like productive tight ends that people are like gun shy to be like, ah, it's a you know it, it, for the health of the game. I don't know tradition, all that. People are a little bit more hesitant to to move on, and I don't want to phase them out. There's useful ones, but it just it's the Mo Alley Cox man. Like you don't you don't want to have to start a Mo Alley Cox when you can have a, a exciting wide receiver three who could pop off and have a great game and an exciting offense and really contribute to your team. And that's it. And, you know, I get that. But, you know, there's um, a lot of people who are still wearing those rose-tinted glasses for the uh, Aaron Hernandez generation. Oh, of Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, you know what I don't hear enough of is that we need more Aaron Hernandez's in, in football these days. I mean, well, we're, we're down one. Can never be replaced. One last thing to check on, I guess, like because I like to follow, you know, other storylines around the league, was um, in one that I'm very heavily invested in. If you've, well, you haven't, you said you only listened to 15 minutes. Um, it was your fault. It was my fault, apparently. But You're getting better. It's great. I get better all the time. Um, is the the Brandon Sloan saga. Brokeback Sloan. Um, this is a man who actually ends up being the second worst team in the league. Uh, ends up with a 5-9 and nine record, but his his total points scored were, was only, like, it was less than 100 points off from mine. So it wasn't anything tremendous. However, he has a very interesting week this week. Where he goes to town on uh, Dan Altamare winning out here 144.35 to 96.25. Mm. If you look at this, Brendan, so Dan, let's actually start with Dan. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson, 20.7. So, like, let's let's even pause there. How would you feel, how do you think that that is really interpreted in the Alta Kingery household. Do you think Dan and Trisha are really stoked on a 20.7 Lamar Jackson performance? Do you think that it's a little bit of a humdrum day? Uh, I mean, they probably, you know, ruminated on it, went back, grilled some veggie burgers, um, maybe made a few mint juleps, potentially scowled at some street children wandering by, um, you know, twisted the, the mustache, a little bit on Dan's side, and they, I think they came down generally positive about it. That's good. I, I, I think that they, you know, it's their boy. They want Lamar to succeed. Go birds. Um, different kind of bird. Different kind of bird. But a bird. More, of, more of a bird than a generic eagle. Let's say a raven's an actual type of bird. An eagle is a class of birds. Okay. Um, I'm not going to get into bird semantics right now. But, okay. Yeah, but I'd say, I would say given, honestly, for me, Lamar's always been too rich for my blood. Um, t- too much feast or famine. I'm, 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 check- I'm looking at his hamstrings all the time, trying to make sure that they're, you know, they're, they're tender and nice. And, and I'm, I'm constantly worried he's going to get his head taken off. So I think a close to 30-point day at this point is, is, is probably as good as it gets for them. Um, with riding a Lamar Jackson roller coaster. Yeah. And do you think, um, 
Another narrative that I follow here is, do you think that Lamar Jackson increases libido in that household, decreases, same, a good Lamar Jackson performance? Well, we know they mix it up, and <laughs> and uh, Lamar is just one flavor on, on their, you know, uh, charcuterie board of romance. Okay. And so you got, you got the <laughs> Lamar Jackson, I think that those are the blistered shishito peppers. <laughs> okay. And and you have Mark Andrews, mm-hmm. who's like the the thick cut chorizo sausage, um, and you used to have Hol- Hollywood Brown, who was capers, but he's gone. Um, and then you had you had uh, Rashad Bateman, um, which was you when you ordered uh, deviled eggs, but they forgot them mm-hmm. and left them back in the kitchen. And <laughs> so you have to bother the. The, the waiter to get them in you kind of feel like a jerk but you did order them you did um so that's like that i he mixes in to the to the 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 flavor play that they engage in um but you know i i would say it's health it's a healthy balance you that's know good. they don't over rely on his performance for yeah. their performance i would i would love to do a episode on Baltimore or Baltimore Orioles who are charcuterie boards mm. or really any other sort of there's like 18 guys named team. Travis on that team I'm, <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> convinced I haven't looked at the roster recently but they're all named Travis and they all make Dan wet I bet Tra- Travis would be a good name for a bird um yeah. the Travis Tra- bird yeah the Travis yeah. bird it's just like it doesn't really fly far the Northern it, Travis. Yeah, the Northern Travis. It mostly eats trash. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's covered in old bay. Yeah, for some just just cannot get it off its wing. Yeah. Like they have those, it's, it's always shaking. They have those like the, you see those old dirt birds in the, yeah. on in the ground who like shake in the dirt. They do that, but with old bay. Yeah, they've got like a, like dishwasher soap commercials where they're cleaning the old bay off the Travis <laughs> bird. This fucking bird won't stop covering itself in old bay. <laughs> what are we gonna do? <laughs> Um, but all right, we are so sidetracked there. So Dan, twenty point seven from Lamar Jackson. Then we like we just get we got a real good Dan squad here. You know Tyler Algier twelve point eight, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, one point four, Terrence Marshall twelve point eight, Julio Jones three point eight, Logan Thomas. Just uh, guess how many points Logan Thomas had that week? Four point seven. Oh, you're at four point seven points too high. Zero. Oh. Yeah, classic, classic Logan. He's kind of one of those guys who's like, I'm going to crush it. Preseason champion of the world, sleeper tight end of our hearts. Um, Virginia Tech Hokie? Yes. Yeah, he was the quarterback. He was the quarterback there. Yeah, and and just continually disappointing fantasy football player. Yep. And then uh, Curtis Samuel, 15-6. Meikle Hardman, 16.9. Oof. Yeah. I don't like that team. The names you said together sounded well. Bad to me. So, like, if you look at his bench, though, a lot of guys he have are on by. So, uh, Jerry Judy's on by. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamar Chase is hurt. Mm-hmm. So, Amari Cooper on by. Ezekiel Elliott on by. Okay. And then Fryermuth on by. So his entire bench actually combined yeah. for zero points. Yeah. So it's not like. He's got a lot going there. His IR, he's got a guy named Brees Hall in there. I, mm. Just like, just, just a guy Dan would just eat up. Yeah. And then talking about charcuterie boards, uh, J.K. Dobbins. 
also an IR. Yeah. So what was the final score on that one again? 144.35 to 96.25. So Brendan, on the flip side of that, um, a lot of his guys don't do stuff. Robert Wood, zero points. T- Robert Tunyon, Tunyon, 4.4. Zay Jones, 6.5. He starts Joshua Palmer, who actually puts up 15.6 because mm. Keenan Allen's hurt. And then this is where things get interesting. Cordero Patterson, 17.8. Devontae Adams, 32.6. Whoa. And then, not the top scoring guy on his team, the top scoring guy that week is Justin Fields, 51.8. Wow. So that's where the bulk of these Brendan points come from. I mean, I think it speaks to Brendan, you know. Brendan is a... He's a big points out of some guys and then small points out of most guys kind of guy, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, you know. Yeah, usually Brendan is... uh overwhelming for Dan mm-hmm. um, and so it's an interesting dynamic here uh, where he seems a little bit more manageable yeah. in a fantasy context than in a real life context yeah I mean it's pretty much like Brendan borrowed Dan's car here and then <laughs> or Dan crashed his car and Brendan <laughs> asked him if the Xbox survived <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that I mean that and that's week nine for us. Um at this point, you know, we're gonna we'll take a break and then we'll come back, we'll just jump right into week ten. This podcast is brought to you by the newest addition to the bus brand family. Wet mess juice. We're powerful beings. We've got flaws. Bodies are beautiful and imperfect. You're in your hot boss era. Put it all out there and cause some problems for people. You need a juice that stands up to the patriarchy and says, you make some valid points, but Taylor Swift was blameless in the Ticketmaster fiasco. Introducing Wet Mess. Dive into a juice that starts out weird, gets even weirder when it's inside of you. Life is messy. Make it wet. Use code Messy wet 99.999 to get 2% off your next order of 30 bottles or more. Welcome back to Eye of Garbage. Um, if you're just joining us, which would be really weird for a podcast to turn it on in the middle, I'm being joined today by John Marr, uh, second place in the BFA last year. Um, I'm not going to talk about the whole fucking format of the show. Because, again, like, it's all on demand. This is this is 2023 now. We're just still talking, dude. We're having a good old time. We are. We're having a great time. I would say this is the best time I've ever had in the studio. <sighs> Which, I don't know if that's saying a lot or saying a little. But it's... I've, I've never had more fun in this room outside of maybe trying to help Dan not have a nervous breakdown when he was trying to solve... A, uh, a an escape room yeah. in here um, that was close second great great and that's I mean that's the experience we aim for in the bear room really one of those things where it's a lot of close seconds and people having mental breakdowns <laughs> <laughs> and that's the name of the game yeah. but alright so jumping into week 10 of the BFA again like a lot of these like the league hasn't really taken the dramatic turns that you see it take at the end of the season, which which is really surprising because we're, we're down to the uh, last five weeks. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these guys here are still hitting pretty heavy, you know? Yeah. Punching above the belt, 
in their weight class if that's mm-hmm. a saying. I don't know if that's a saying. You punch above your you you punch above your weight, but you're probably in the same class, so you have to be going up against someone bigger. So you punch above your weight, but then you're punching someone bigger. Yeah, that's good. Perfect. Yeah, we're nailed it. Just up and punching, and so like we've got. Like, our guys are showing back up. Like, the, the, the guys that we know are great. Uh, Ryan, for example, 152 against Oshroff's 98.15. Mm-hmm. It's a good score. Justin and Dero, um, they're both strong teams, and they kind of actually have, like, a m- sort of middle week where Justin beats out Dero 127 to 101. Dara here. Dara has a victory over Dan, where it's 161.95 to 72.5. Oof. And, I mean, Dara's, Dara's a fascinating case because if you remember correctly, Dara was vehemently against getting rid of kickers. Yeah. And he was very boastful when saying we opened up that extra flex that this league was his for the taking. Um, <laughs> I like how you, you snicker at that. I just... Because it's funny. Yeah. It's In hindsight, it is 100% funny. Um, and... You finished second place in your record. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to stop? I just, this I just feel like if he was able to, he would still be drafting Adrian Peterson. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a name he knows, you know, from the the late aughts, yeah. you know, and he likes a workhorse running back, and so the fact that he was sure that this thing that everyone was also going to get, not just him, that he would be able to somehow <laughs> play the system to come out yeah. on top just just tickles me to no end. Dar Dar's a real uh, meat and potatoes kind of guy, you know? Yeah. Like I He drafted two <laughs> undrafted running backs this year. Yeah. Cause he knew their names. Yeah, I mean he is like Alright. Sorry. <laughs> do, 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 do you have something that you No, I just love Dar so much. I love him too. I mean he is literally um it's really funny. I think he's the most American person I know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he didn't move to this country till he was like twelve. Yeah, which is saying a lot. But yeah, he he really just slams the hammer on Dan here, one sixty one nine five to Dan seventy two point five. Um, just a bitch slap of a week, really. All of his guys show up. Dan has Lamar Jackson on by, so that mm. you know. It's an off week in the old bedroom. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're probably already at Chateau O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's happening. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just funny. So, but, like, to talk about that, your record at the end of the season, regular season, was 8-6. and six. Mm-hmm. You end up second place. Dara ends up in fifth place. His record at the end of the season... Also eight and six. Yeah. So it, it does speak to team management, you know, trying, and yeah, I gotta I gotta say I I I went into the season to be crystal clear, aiming for last place. I uh, my keepers of my six keepers, and I think I have them all listed here, include Melvin Gordon, Rashad Penny, Alexander Madison, Rondale Moore, Rashad Bateman. And then at some point, the sixth one got deleted. And I don't even know who it was, and I know they didn't matter. Yeah. That, that is not a recipe for a winning team. I'm sure it was some fucking sloppy trade here on the... Mm-hmm. Uh, 
draft day 2022. It might have actually been Derrick Henry because at that draft, oh, yeah. looking at it now, you traded Justin that day for ETN and Justin's earliest 20 through 23 second round pick for yeah. Derrick Henry. Yes. So that's what likely what happened there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, because I saw myself as a tank job and didn't see Derrick Henry mattering for me, I wanted the pick and two, a more flexible two-year contract. Um, I had a lot of buyer's remorse about that, but I think it turned out just dandy. Yeah, I think, like, let me just bring that up really quickly because I'm kind of curious now to see... A, Derrick Henry had to have been a pretty high scorer. Yeah, was, um, no, no, he had a great year. I thought it was just literally get the draft pick, get a two-year contract as opposed to a three-year or one-year, um, and give myself a little bit more flexibility. It was not a uh, home run. He, I mean, he was coming off a, what was it, like a Liz Frank injury or something? Yeah. Like, I had no expectations for Etienne this year. Yeah, I mean, he had ended up being... Henry ended up being the number three running back, which is yeah. great. Um, but ETN, I mean, if you look at the weeks, there are some slower weeks for him. But in the middle of the season, he really just show the fuck up mm-hmm. and, and play some games. And you combine that with Kenneth Walker, they were actually 15 and 16 while Derrick Henry was three. Chances drastically go up. Yeah, you know, you just, you're just putting two guys together mm-hmm. to make a guy. It's 133% chance. Exactly. Any, any given week. So that happens. But yeah, Dara Dara gets his smash on. Dan does not. And it is what it is. There is, on when we're talking about my team, because really this is what the whole podcast is about, the most interesting team in the yeah, league. Let's get, let's get back to base. This is here. the, the week 10's a great week for the uh, Dust Jill Fire Torts because this is the last week we win a game for the rest of the season. This is yeah. a big old number three, and it comes up against none other than uh, Danny McLean and the fantasy football team. 134.85 to 110.6. Mm. So it's not a bad day. No. Ain't a bad day by any means, you know, like, it was just a very consistent day across the board. Jimmy Garoppolo, who I'm <laughs> starting apparently, 18 points, Nick Chubb 13, Brian Robinson 14, Gabe Davis 18. No one's hitting 20, oh, except for... for Brian. Yeah. He, he's back from his gunshot. Yeah, he, he actually has a few good post-gunshot Incredible. games. Incredible. What a success. It's really about the triumph of the human spirit. Right. You know? It's no uh it's no Darwin Hamlin. You were but... pro- you were probably like less than five miles from where he was shot. Yeah, I was probably there that night. <laughs> <laughs> you were probably an accomplice. No comment. <laughs> but uh I I do I do kinda I like that guy. I, I want yeah. him to do well. Um I think it's really fucking weird that he got shot. Yeah. Right before starting an NFL career, and I think and then, shitty. And then he was like, "Gotta get back for football season." Yeah, like within <laughs> a month. Versus, if I get shot at any point, yeah, five, a, five years off. That, that's like, that's <laughs> FMLA leave. That's yeah. that's multiple therapists. Yes, probably. I mean, I might have a few therapists living at my yeah. home. I might um, start a podcast about how I survived yeah. being shot. It, in the least one podcast, yeah, <laughs> like a circle of podcasts, potentially a whole podcast channel. Is that what they're called? Where they're like, um, they get a bunch of different similar theme podcasts. Yeah, I uh, gotta tell you, I don't listen to much podcasting. Neither do I, but I think there's probably a channel about like upper middle class white dudes getting shot. Yeah, this uh, one mildly traumatic thing. Not saying I'm shot isn't traumatic, yeah. but. 
you know, changed my life forever. It's everyone's, like, own version of their own TED Talk, right? It's like, they yeah. all they want is just people to hear their story and for it to be significant in some way. That's beautiful, you know? It's like, it's like well, like, the thing is, like, I feel like if I got shot, from a, a global perspective, I don't even think that one makes the news. That's like a Twitter beat. Or Counterpoint, you, you do pass for white, and in D.C., I notice that when white people get shot, it's a bit of a bigger deal. Ugh, don't like that. Um, don't like that. So you might have to start a second podcast for this one. All right. And join us for um, racial inequity yeah. shootings. First one's um, just about getting shot and what that meant to you. The second one's about the social impact of what it means to realize that society values your life more than the people who generally more often get shot in the city. Yeah, brought to you by Bus Bullets. <laughs> when, when you have just had too much Taco Bell the night before, um, Bus Bullets are what comes out of you and feel like are stuck inside of you. <laughs> but God bless. God bless. But anyway, so my team pretty good that week against Dane McLean, who... Ends up being fourth place, and he has a great season. And I honestly, watching Danny McLean do fantasy football is is pretty much Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind. Trying to process those trades. He's always working an angle, man. Yeah, and like the thing is, I can never tell if he's good or bad. Yeah, it's just like when I'm looking at the trades that he made this year, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Like he gets rid of all his picks, and then he just gets them back. Yeah. And I just don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah, he's an agent of chaos. Yeah. And uh, you just kind of have to ride the wave and hope hope you're, you know, you're on the right side of that tide so that you're getting the good and giving the bad. Um, but it all, generally with Danny, it all comes out even in the end. Yeah. Um, it much, much ado about nothing or uh, uh, sound and fury signifying nothing, something of that sort. Uh, but but knowing this man for approximately thirty four years, um, yeah, it's 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 a ride, and and you can't take too much out of any one move here or there. You got to look at it as a totality. He, the guy's won the league multiple yeah, times, yeah, of course. So yeah. you know he he does enough, but I I he does get his jollies from being active, which yeah. I appreciate. Uh, me too. Yeah. And so, like, but there's, like, you know, from a literary standpoint, you know, you mentioned Faulkner, you mentioned Shakespeare. As the commissioner of this league and having to process all this, I think, like, a very apropos sort of literary comparison here is McMahon versus Austin, um, where he is just really fucking trying my patience sometimes with like he's rolling up on the cool Coors Light truck and just spraying me down as I'm swimming in the ring with trades that alright so I was just googling McMahon and Austin book and, uh, <laughs> and now I just realized you're talking about Vince McMahon and Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah, continue much more, <laughs> much more literate than that continue yeah but I, at the same time there's no denying this man's talent mm-hmm. like that he is a generational fantasy football player. He's long, he's strong, he's down yeah. to get, you know, his freak shit on. And honestly, I think he was kind of the, the, the pace setter for making the league into what it is today, where it's like, let's really fucking punt some picks until 2027, where 
this dude who is going to just be born six years ago yeah. is going to join the league. Yeah. And that's the guy I want on my team. Yeah. That's the beauty of the BFA is that we are all so hopelessly inept at this that any new strategy that comes in our heads that we, you know, we want to drive our team into the dirt. We want to draft only people from Oklahoma. We want to, you know, uh, somehow bring back kickers. We want to get rid of tight ends. All things can lead to the promised land in our hearts. Um, but, you know, the, the BFA does have a bedrock of reality. Yeah. Um, which is uh, you, you got you to gotta make the top top seven, is yeah. it, to make the playoffs? Top six. Top six to make the playoffs. And uh, you certainly did not do that this year. Yeah. And, I mean, you, you make that top six. Or if you're not going to make the top six... Be the last one. Be the worst. Be pretty one. bad. Yeah. Be pretty bad. Because yeah. it only helps unless you've traded away all your picks. Yeah. But then if you're Danny, if you traded them away, you can apparently trade back for them oh, using yes. some sort of math that I can't comprehend. Let's not get into draft day trades. Not right yet. Now. We won't get into it just quite yet. Anyways, that was my last one of the week, or the last one of that season. Um, and I still thought my team was decent. And compared to you, who. Your stock is rising. However, your game that week was 96.85 to 92.55 against Nick Spina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some some thin margins there. This is what I call my, my fool's gold period. Uh, no, one, no one, for justifiable reasons, thought that I was a threat to do anything. Um, and the wins that I was piling up, some convincing, some not. I do not think registered as like a super competent, threatening team at this point. Yeah, for good reason. So scraping by Nick Spina, which is you know, uh, you always can count on a W with Spina. He's 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 so generous that way. Yeah, he's um, a kind fellow. I mean, the the man has given me so much in my fantasy life, dude. I'm pretty sure like that man's body weight is forty percent heart, twenty percent muscle, and then forty percent dick. Yeah. Like, he's just that kind he of gives. guy. He's just a great guy, dude. Just He gives, he gives, and he gives. He's a great dad. Yeah, fantastic father. Fantastic father. I don't think I've ever seen his kids, but I assume they're... Oh, they're, they're incredible. They're well-raised. They're well-raised kids, yeah. and he is... He's just a great dad. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'd want him to be my dad, because he, he's, I think, like, not even ten years older than me. I um, wouldn't want him to be my dad, because I really like my dad. Well, this is I don't want him to be... This isn't part of the... Uh, Does my dad I've, have to die in this No, scenario? no, this isn't part of the uh, I've Been Shot podcast channel. That's <sighs> wrong. Thank We're God. not on that brand. This, no, your dad's fine. All dads Thanks, are... Thanks, man. All dads are dads. All dads are dads. Yeah, I think that is... Nick Dad... Nick Dad... Nick Spina is the dadliest dad in our league, though. He's he's the, He's been dadding for the longest. His dad... His, his daddy kids are going to college. I don't think his kids are going to college yet. Soon, soon they're thinking about the it. The oldest one, I don't, I don't know if we're allowed to say like minors' names on the podcast, so I'm just not going to. Tiffany is a yeah. Genius. We'll just call them Tiffany and Tiffany. Oh, no, I too. thought that was their names. No, okay. they're not. They're not. Okay. But wow, I'm not going to edit that out either. You, you'll talk to him about that one. Um, but anyways, you edge them out. You edge them. Mm. And I mean, he's got like there are. There are some fortuitous things that are happening for you here. A little bit. Not really. T. Higgins is on by. So, like, if he had plugged him in, 
that could have helped out. He has Mark Maybe. Andrews, who's hurt, so he has to start Gerald Everett. And then he starts Andy Dalton at quarterback because Kyler Murray's hurt. Starting the Red Rocket against the Red Rockets. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. And so, I mean... Rookie moves, Spina. But, I mean, you know, fun fact about Kyler Murray, he's, uh... Do you know he's related to Devin Duvernay? He's also a Gemini. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so you, you, get, you get the dumpling there. And then, you know, the only other story I want to touch on this week, great, great W, by the way. I'm not besmirching any Ws because... A dub's a dub. A dub's a dub, and really... You gotta get a spina sometimes. I know sometimes I talk about these things like fortuitous and all that shit, but really that is a lie. We all know that fantasy football is 100% skill. Skill. It's 100% and skill. I, and I knew my dudes needed a break, yeah. and that's why I scheduled spina for this week. Exactly, and that's part of the skill-based aspect of this game. Nothing is for chance here. Everything is intentional on and on purpose. Thank you. And there's one guy who I really think internalized this, and this brings us to the thing I come back to every week, is, is Brendan Sloan, which is not the guy who I really think internalized this, but he is playing um, Max Lepanikov. Mm. Mm. And this, is, this goes beyond fantasy, really. Yeah. Like this, this, this is absolute like Greek gods <laughs> clashing on Mount Olympus level eternal conflicts. Mm-hmm. The, the Titans eating their children and spitting their corpses into the sea, <laughs> climbing to to kill their gods. Yeah, that that is the level of epic struggle that these two young men. Have engaged in over the. Do past you think uh, before we even before we even get to the score? Do you think either of them texted the other one during that week and said something that might have gone a little too far? Yes, Max texted Brennan once and said, "Football hand egg, huh?" Question mark. And Brennan didn't take that well. He was pretty upset by that. <laughs> yeah, I I can imagine the Brennan text that would come out. I don't think we need to air it. But he was probably a little far. Yeah. He, he overreacted. Let's yeah. just put it that way. But at the end of the day, you know, it's probably a feel-good story for Max because the final score on this one's one fifteen to one hundred seven. It's like it's it's literally the most uninteresting fantasy Lost football. to the annals of time. Fucking the only reason Brendan is in this actually is uh, two guys: Justin Fields again forty five point seven, and Devontae Adams twenty four point one. Other than that, he's starting Eno Benjamin, who puts up zero. He plays the position of football called... Running back. Running back. I was going to say He was in the Arizona Cardinals at the time. Now he's in New Orleans. Uh, For all of us, Eno Benjamin, or or, uh, Eno Machina, this is what I like to call us. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's just Cordero Patterson. It's just a fucking bad team. Do we play Keno? The, uh, the, 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 like, the lottery type game? Yeah. No, I have no idea how to... Doesn't it just see pick numbers? It seems... It, it usually looks like a bunch of very sad people staring at a board of numbers. So, you hear Eno Benjamin and you think of Keno. I'm trying to think of a Keno name. That's all. We can leave it in the... Well, Eno... His name is Eno without a K. Yeah, yeah. But Keno. Okay. Yeah, you just add Eno... Eno the... The sad Kino player. Well, now I'm just going to be calling him Kino Benjamin. Kino Benjamin, yeah. Because anytime you put him in, you have like a 0% yeah. chance of winning. 
But like, uh, <laughs> that one was good. That one was good. That was good, actually. I'm glad we followed that trail. And we'll come back to it. <laughs> but like, I think, um, I think Max probably had a good week. You know, he, I think he probably felt good. I think this win probably lasted him four days of endorphins. <laughs> and then Thursday comes around. And he's and... starting to think about putting in Devin DuVernay versus, uh, you know, Rondale Moore's third cousin. Yeah, the only other thing I think that's interesting to note about Max's team right now um, is that he is rostering three quarterbacks, which is... Cornering the market. Yeah, I mean, he's... <laughs> And they're they're not bad. Like he's got Justin Herbert, Tua, and then Geno Smith, because he can start all three, right? Yeah, fuck Mary Kill. <laughs> you obviously are gonna marry Geno Smith. You're gonna fuck Herbert. You have to. You have to, <laughs> have to kill. Tua. You have to kill Tua. You have to. Kill Tua. <laughs> you have an ounce of fucking empathy yeah. in your body. <laughs> out of his misery. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Hey there, all you amazing parents and caregivers. We've got something incredibly exciting to share with you today. Get ready to explore a whole new world of learning and play with Baby Bus the latest masterpiece from the creators of Bus Juice and Bus Buffer. If you're on the lookout for top-notch developmental toys for your little bundles of joy, look no further. Bus Brand understands that every moment with your baby is precious. That's why they've crafted Baby Bus, a collection of developmental toys designed to ignite your child's curiosity, promote early learning, and nurture those oh-so-important mobility skills. Now you might be wondering, what makes Baby Bus stand out? Well, get ready to be amazed. These toys take the essence of the Montessori method and infuse it with signature Bus brand magic. Each baby Bus toy is a tiny universe of exploration, adventure, and growth. As parents, baby Bus has been an absolute game changer for me and my wife. The toys are not only beautifully designed, but also incredibly thoughtful in supporting our baby's development. It's like Montessori, but with that special Bus brand twist. Baby Bus toys are carefully crafted to stimulate your little one's senses, encourage motor skills, and inspire independent discovery. From interactive playmats that encourage tummy time to colorful stacking blocks that help develop hand-eye coordination, Baby Bus has something for every stage of your baby's growth. And the best part, while your baby is happily exploring these delightful toys, they're also building essential cognitive skills without even realizing it. It's a win-win for both parents and babies. And here's a little secret for our podcast listeners. We're offering an exclusive discount. Just use the code BABYBUSPOD when you visit babybus.com and enjoy 20% off your first order of these developmental toys. It's time to embark on a journey of discovery and growth that both you and your baby will cherish. Don't miss out on this fantastic opportunity to provide your baby with the best start in life. Head over to babybus.com today and watch your little one thrive. Welcome back to I Am Garbage. Once again... Once again, we're joined by John Marr, uh, second place in the VFA last year, uh, multiple fantasy champion across various fantasy realms. He's like, uh, if only I could win fantasy football. 
And he's like, oh, I did that. Oh, but what if it was like Dynasty? Oh, I did that. He's yeah. like, oh, what if it was basketball multiple times? Oh, I did that. What if yeah. it was soccer? Oh. Mm, yeah. So like... Um, double double champ in the BFA and DLJ was the high watermark of my life. I don't I don't think there's anything... There's any getting back to that. There's no, there's no real way. I've heard... You might know more about this, but I've heard like having a child feels pretty good. But... um. I'm skeptical that anything will be winning two fantasy football leagues. On yeah, and so like I've been listening to a lot of Armani White lately. Who, That's not a real person. Who? Armani White. He has a song with Denzel Curry. It's called Goaded. Okay. And you know, it makes me think of you. I think if you Googled Armani White at some point and then listened to the song, you'd be like, "Yeah, this is this is me." I like that song, Birds. <laughs> by Denzel Curry. Yeah. Because he makes bird noises. Isn't there a MIA bird song? Um, it's like, we're just like, it's, alright, we, we won't. There's, there's, there's no way anyone can ever beat the Birdman in terms of bird related raps, but that song by Denzel Curry is pretty good. Yeah, dude, Denzel Curry is, uh, a generational talent. <laughs> He's fine. Um, I don't really actually know that much about Denzel Curry. Should I? From Florida. Hmm. That's that's. I know that about him. Um, I know that he has a song, "Birds," that I really like. All right. So good news is we're still recording. Great. Um. Anyways, let's jump into. Let's jump into week eleven. One one. One one because nine eleven, never forget. We're yeah. going from nine to eleven. That's what And it happens in November, which is an eleven month. It's one of the few eleven months of the year. Yeah. November rain was going on. Yeah. A lot of a lot of big things happening in November of last year. It was the world Veterans Day. Veterans Day was a good one. Thanksgiving. Didn't Danny McLean get married in November last year? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great, great. Great month for Danny McClendon. Good wedding, better people. I heard that. I yeah. hear that. Still resonates in my soul to this day. Yeah. Also, a nice view from that farm hill, I thought. like when yeah. I, was, I remember looking out and thinking, this is nice. Yeah, yeah. They had, like, maybe a little bit too much Fallout Boy on the, on the, on the dance mix. Yeah. But Neil Carter is the best wedding DJ on earth. Yeah, Neil Carter. Shout out to him. I think he's part of the Bush brand, right? Yeah, he is part of the Bush brand. He yeah. is uh he is actually helping us engineer Bush Beats. Bush Beats. It's yeah. a nice headphone brand that is not to be confused with Beats. No, why, who would confuse that? Exactly. That's ridiculous. But Bush Beats are more um, they're more intended for silent dance parties. Exactly. Yeah. For um, when you want to look like you're having more fun than other people, but they can't tell why. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like um, homecoming at Gallaudet when you, yeah, it's a tough one. That's why I, I, I'm no, I'm still recovering from the pepper. I yeah, mean. sorry, but a lot of good stuff. You know, Neil is a great DJ. Great and, wedding, great people, and I, I heard great that fantasy night, football player. I heard that night he actually didn't have to do too much DJing because Danny really just told him. What Literally to play. zero flexibility. Yeah. You have to play all of these songs. You could as just as easily be a Spotify playlist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Classic Danny, and it kind of makes Who me wants think to like the wealth, you know, like as a DJ, is this is this 
one of those moments where you say, this is my life? You, you, for Neil, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. This is my life. I am going to be paid for pressing play. That's not true. Neil is an excellent mixer. He fades songs in and out expertly. You know, he, he makes the, the sequencing feel really, really significant. Bus brand, DJs, bus beats, Neil, evolution. Exactly. And like, and I think one of the most important things about being a DJ is you have to know when to get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. You have to be humble and you have to read the room. Sounds a lot like fantasy football. Exactly. And that's that's what we got to talk about here. Because even this podcast, we just touched on week 10. Last time I win a game. Mm-hmm. From here on out, there is nothing interesting that happens to my team. No. I just lose. Yeah. I constantly lose. Devin DuVernay retains a contract on my squad. Good for him. And for the last half of this episode, and really honestly, it's not the last half. It's probably quarter if that don't worry listeners um but the last part of the season i want to focus on the interesting things that did happen in this league because a lot of interesting thing happened in this week alone for example since the draft this is the only week where we actually have trades that happen Mm. we have how many trades is this we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight trades that happen in the span of this week. Might have to do with a deadline of sorts. It indeed does have to do yeah. with a deadline. If you had to guess some guy who is involved in the most amount of these trades, who would you guess? Danny McLean. That is absolutely correct. Danny McLean is involved Scoundrel. in one, two, three, four of these eight trades. Uh, Nick Spina is also involved in four of them some of them involving Danny and they're kind of doing a interesting thing here where Danny's trying to build his shit up he trades in for um Alvin Kamara DeAndre Swift Aaron Jones AJ Dillon Spina is blowing his shit up he moves Dalvin Cook Mark Andrews Aaron Jones to Danny DeAndre Swift to Danny and then T Higgins Mm. We have Brendan, who moves Justin Fields to Justin Lee for a first-round pick this mm-hmm. year, which ends up playing really well for Brendan in the grand scheme of things. And then you and I, we have a trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one rounds us out where you get Terry McLaurin, I get a 2023 third and 2024 fifth. Yeah. So, and you get, I think you're getting two... That was his first year for me, so you still got two years after that. Yep. So that was still on my team. Yeah, still on your team. And he ends, he ends up being better, I think, yeah. towards the end of the season. This is a, It's a beautiful little, uh, you know, ships in the night moment for, for two teams that shared a path for the first seven games of the year and then diverged horrifically in terms of my finishing 9-1 and one record and your 1-9 and nine record. Yeah. And and Terry McLaurin was like the 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 golden commander baton that was passed between us, and I felt like it was really you, you know, pushing me softly but firmly on the back and whispering in my ear, "Go get him, go get him, Sully's Red Rocket." And that was a hundred percent what I was saying, and. I like it because also I don't think he ends up being the pivotal player in your championship oh, run or your second place run, but 
He's a nice rounding out figure. Yeah. And nothing really emphasizes that more than this is your last week mm-hmm. where you lose yep. in the BFA. Yep. And it is devastating. Yeah. It is a 118.7 to 54.4. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that is against... Maybe against question some, some of my... Uh, 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 that specific move to try to get better, yeah. Yeah, and that is against none other than Brendan Sloan, who... Never feels good. Yeah, you know, we just we just know what he's all about, and I'm not going to say it. But he rubbed my shit in his dick. Yeah, is what he, did. he did. And, like, and it's kind of... It's, I mean, one eighteen is not that fucking good of a score. Like, don't. It's not like he had a fantastic week. Devontae Adams thirty points. That was a good game. That was an almost enough. Yeah, Dak twenty seven, but like, that was powered by mac and cheese. And, uh, <laughs> well, I was wondering if you're gonna bring up the blue box. Oh, you know how this this podcast brought up by uh, Bus Juice. Yeah, Dak Prescott is one hundred percent sponsored by Kraft mac and yeah. cheese. But like, literally, Brendan is starting. Cordero Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons and Caleb Huntley of the Atlanta Falcons. That's not a real person. Yeah. And they combined for 11 Wait, points. Wait, Caleb Huntley? Yeah. Does not play third base for the Diamondbacks? No. He might. That's a good trivia question for our listeners at home. If you can prove that Caleb Huntley plays third place for the uh, Diamondbacks, yeah. uh, write us an email at IamGarbagePodcast at gmail.com and we'll send you some swag. Sweet. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe. This podcast gives back. That's, yeah. that's the only reason I agree. It's actually this podcast's uh, Global Day of Impact, too. So everyone in the office uh, was encouraged to go out and do community service. It's incredible. That's why it's so, like, quiet and barren and sad here. Yeah. It's uh, just outside doing good, and you're just left with, like, shitty, lazy babies. I know, and it's also why crime in D.C. is still skyrocketing, because we're not doing yeah. that. On your though. street, specifically. Yeah, it's a... It's a good street for crime. Can we call it a plague? We <laughs> call it a plague, right? Uh, it depends what news channels Plague watch. of crime? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a bad week for you. Um, no sure coding it. Coding it. Um, what do you want to... Do, do you want to know the highest first or the lowest scoring player on your team? It's all irrelevant to me because this was a 50-point stepping stone to mm-hmm. the title match. So give it to me how you want it. Highest player on your team was a defense. It was the 49ers. Routinely. Yeah. I had multiple weeks where they were the the highest or second highest scoring player on my team. And that's because I prioritize defenses. I just drafted a real birdie defense this year that I expect to pay huge dividends. So anyway. Yeah. They, actually, they actually were legit. I'm looking at these stats right now. 284 points on the season. Yep. One, only two weeks where they scored under double digits. Mm-hmm. Very fucking impressive. Yeah, well done. Love a big D. Yeah, who doesn't? Um, I'm a but size queen. Your your highest scoring player that's not defense was Melvin Gordon the third, yep. with nine point five. Yeah, everybody. It was it was brutal, man. Kirk Cousins three. Tyler Boyd, 5.2. Terry McLaurin, we just talked about 7.6. Cole Komet. Cole Komet. Yeah. 5.0. Tight ends. Miles Sanders, 5.3. Jarek McKinnon, 0.9. Not even the lowest scoring player on your team. That goes to Rondale Moore, negative 0.6. Oh. 
yeah, just a just a horrid yeah. stat line. When it rains, it pours, and honestly, I, I'm glad I got all of their shitty performances out in the same yeah. week. Other than that, like league status quo that week is relatively stable. Danny McLean again has a great week, 147 to Team Nadiri's 114. You know, just an iota of team management could take that team somewhere. Bone Supremacy, 148 over Purple-Headed Dicks <laughs> with 102. Oshroff over Spina, 102 to 95, which is actually pretty good for Spina considering he just sold the farm. And then, what else we got? Oh, yeah, so Dero beats me, 110 to 101. And then, uh, stop talk about this one. Let's just park on it for a second, just a quick second. Uh, Max versus Dan Altamar, eh? Great, great week by Dan, 125 points. You know, it's not the, uh... It's not the headboard slapping mm. domination by Lamar Jackson that you would want. It's only Fuck 16 points. Yeah. yeah, but like uh, 125 points is good. But he loses to Max, who has 132.4. Yeah. And, and and he had a very slight wry smile on his face for like the next yeah. seven days. Do you think he do you think he checks his fantasy scores on his phone or his desktop computer more? So he checked the the regular score on his phone and then he said, "I need this on my 1440 computer monitor that I normally use to optimize uh, you know, high performance Steam video games such as The Witcher 3 and and Cyberpunk." 2077. Yeah. I'm going to use all of those pixels and this incredible processing power I have to delve deep. And so he pulls up the full thing, the full picture on his on his little teeny computer screen and he just kind of he gets in his nice chair, not the one he uses normally for computer stuff. He moves to the nice chair that's a little farther away. Oh, I'm in that chair. Yeah. Yeah, and then he just just furiously masturbates yeah i kind of i kind of foresee a lot of his fantasy sundays ending in masturbation one way or another Um, yeah it's not like speaking to his character more as it is to his excitement for fantasy football yeah you know sadness uh happiness they all lead to ejaculation yeah in one way or another well said but interesting enough i'm looking at these like his top guy that week is Tony Pollard, 34-9. Kittle, 22-4. Oh, Herbert, that. 25. Mike Williams, 2.0. Damian Pierce, 2.7. And then the next lowest is Justin Jefferson with 4.8. What a scrub. I know. And so, like, it kind of makes you wonder, is it the player in these moments or is it the owner? And, like, the... Do you think if, for example, in week 11 of 2022, if Justin Jefferson was with you mm-hmm. his original dad do you think oh. he would have done well well you... you're you're scratching a pretty raw wound right now because yeah. by most laws and customs of our land yes. i should now be the proud owner of a justin jefferson you should again. and i can't i can't emotionally delve into that right now okay fair but i do know that justin and i kept in touch after I dropped him, I, I told him I wished him well. Okay. And I wished him all the luck in the world. If you need to take a break, by the way, we can take a break. And I knew he had this in him. And it was just, I needed a Burkhead on my bench. Burkhead. Um, and so, you know, 
his wins have been my wins over the years, even when he wasn't on my team. Um, but I do feel like, you know, Max has always felt more like an owner, and I've been a friend, you yeah. know? And so that's where I where I see the difference, is, is, is Max discovers the, this human chattel and puts them into play, and I like to nurture the spirit, who yeah. they are. And that's, I mean, that's really well said, first of all. Thank you. Um, and I think this is something that a lot of fantasy owners have a hard time balancing is the relationship of manager versus um, support system and somebody who actually encourages you to do your best, you know? And it's like the whole person. Yeah, it's like, it's like I am not trying to drain you. I am yeah. trying to build you up. And I'm trying to motivate you to be something more. I see past the freakishly long cucumber fingers that you possess and also see the big yam butts and and voluptuous butternut squash biceps. I think it's interesting that you chose cucumbers instead of carrots because cucumbers are generally thick, too. Not the ones I grow. Have you, ever, have you ever seen with those English cucumbers in the store that are like weirdly wrapped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, those are so thin. Yeah, those are, those are, that's why they wrap them is because they're so... Oh, really? I have no idea. Actually, I, I did realize, why, I did Google why they did it, and it's because it apparently helped preserve the cucumber, but it makes Wouldn't me... Wouldn't that be true of all cucumbers? But and the like English, everything? English cucumbers apparently have thinner skin, okay. which, interpret that as you will. And that's why you have to keep the, uh, the extra layer of wrapping. Wait, you're talking about the, the colonial, yeah, former the, the, colonial superpower? Yeah, yeah. yeah, who was like, we just... Thin skin, huh? Yeah, we were like, all right, India, you can be a country in the fucking I 20th you century. You don't to be a colony anymore. Yeah. Well, well, good luck. Yeah. I have fun <laughs> with our whole tea. Oh, and our cucumbers. If oh, they were just if they were available to the world, what a wonderful, beautiful place we would be. They were fit for Malaysia anyway. They, they weren't in need because of all this oppressive heat and we're now leaving. Enjoy the cricket. Enjoy the enjoy the tea. And we'll see you when you need us again. You need us. You will all need You'll us. You'll come back. You'll come back. Do you, 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 when back. your parliament has no wigs. You'll, you'll, you'll miss our English Premier League soccer. London is a good city. Oh, is it? I've never been. You, you've never been? I've never been. I feel like been. I've been to London with you, no. but maybe no. I'm just so much of a globetrotter no. that it all just blurs I'm together. I'm an Ireland boy. You know it. Oh, but not Northern. I've been to Northern Ireland. Okay, well, that's part of the UK, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm more of a... Like, combine them. Let's let's bring them back together. It's kind of weird that they keep taking these chunks of places. I find that troubling. Next week next, on next week. Fantasy Football <laughs> Podcast. But let's jump to next week in the season. I would actually really love to. The thing is, I don't want to tear the British down because this is something I could do for the next forty minutes. Yeah. And we don't have that much time. You know, we gotta we gotta wrap this thing up. You're but, a wizard, Harry. Hello, welcome to to, to Hogwarts. <laughs> we're, we're all wizards here. Quidditch, fantasy, Quidditch. We're gonna do it that way. The oh, only no. spell you can't cast is on your genitals. <laughs> you better keep them the ways you got them. We're absolutely certain you you the gender you're born with. There's no. We're gonna sign that at birth, and if you if you have any 
any derivation from that will ostracize you. You're a man, Harry. Uh, yeah, shout out to J.K. Rowling, who is man definitely still alive, apparently. Yeah. And not burning in hell. But, alright, week 12. <laughs> Again, this is another week where, this is a good week. I think this is a good week because it's an interesting week in that it sets the clear line of, these are the teams that are good, these are the teams that are bad. Ew, my part of the good teams. You all, oh, the bad teams are the start with them. Dust Joe Fire Tillotson, 87.1 points. Yeah, uh, Brokeback Sloan, 80 points. Purple-headed Circle Eaters actually lose, but they do better than the team they lose against. 111 uh, to D's Nuts, 116. Team Nadir, you know, let's mm. just pause for a minute against the Sharkskin Baby Beds. Uh, Sharkskin Baby Beds, 155.45 points. You know, I feel like sometimes I get lost in the sauce and I'm talking enough about Nick DeRosa's squad. Just well, he's very productive during this time in both making children and raising them and and winning to the shark one wins. Yeah, dude. And all the while, he is building up capital to buy a land mass yeah. in Great Falls. He's, he's going in hard yeah. on the land. Like, the literally winning this league would probably be a financial loss to him. Yeah. But so I you have to really, declare it. Yeah, taxes. exactly. That is that is what tips the scales for the IRS for him. But, but if he puts the trophy on his basketball court, then he can write it off? Depending if you're doing Trump tax laws or Biden. Well, uh, <laughs> you, you, let's not get into it. I don't want to get canceled. No. But, uh, you know, if, you had, if I had my choice, you know, I am, you know I'd go with well, the woke libs want to make sure you don't get a choice. Thank you. So, tune in to uh, Bush brand political hour. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what the uh, anti woke Bush product is. It's probably tear gas. That's the good news about so, the Bush brand is they cut through the bullshit and they pepper spray everybody with yeah. their products. I don't care if you're marching with tiki torches on yeah. Charlottesville or you're antifaing. You know, the city hall of Des Moines, Iowa, you're all getting bust. Well, that's why, actually, that's the brand is Bust Bathrooms. Yeah. Um, they are just singular bathrooms, one door. Whatever you're bringing in there, it stays in there. <laughs> it stays in there. You actually have to leave it in there. Yeah, you fucking bet. We, we own it now. But yeah, Dero's team is good. Like, it's just like it's just a good team. Derek Carr, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Tyreek Hill. These are he's, good he's, he know, he's known quantities. Yeah, and he's like he plays guys that are just good. He doesn't try to do anything flashy. Oh, Austin Eckler, that's a good football player. Yeah, oh, Tyreek Hill, that's a good yeah. football player. Like he was the guy who was like, I'll do Josh Jacobs this year. Fuck it, and that yeah. dude puts up forty eight points from this week. Versus team onslaught Nadiri. You get rid of kickers. I'm gonna fucking take this place. Yeah, like a goddamn barnstormer. Ninety six points. Yeah, just so playing the hits kind of. Kind of runs out of steam at this point for him. Yeah, apparently Joe Mixon putting up zero points doesn't really. Hit. He's all punched out at that point. He's 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 yeah. Been punching so much, he you know no no more strength in his life. Nah, but again, the most like but the good teams are good. So, Oshroff one eighteen to Brokeback Sloan's eighty. Danny McLean one fifteen to Team Altamari's one nineteen. Like it's a it's a respectable week from yeah. Dan. Bone Soldiers beat me up 132 to 87. Mm. And then we've got you. Yep. And this is the fucking week. 
I, I think this is the week I wanted to talk to you about more than anything because every win that you amassed was extremely important because 8-6 and six versus 7-7, seven and seven, if you were in 7-7, seven seven, you did not have the points tiebreaker. Every win matters. Yes. And this win particularly matters because... This is the one that puts you at eight and six and puts Max at seven and seven, mm-hmm. where you're playing each other and you beat Max one twenty five point two five to one twenty four point four. Yeah. Okay. So we are at a point eight five differential here. Yep. Do you have anything you want to say before we dig into this a little bit? I think I think if we had kickers, that probably would have been able to make the difference for him. Mm-hmm. And, and pull out the victory, but because we've gotten rid of such an irrelevant position, my skill was able to overcome um, his luck. Exactly, and that is, that's what I want to talk about, because the most skilled thing that you do is you keep positions that matter. Yeah. Like, and any skilled fantasy football player does that. Naturally. You don't overload yourself with things like kickers. You don't overload yourself with things like tight ends. You, you kind of start to cycling them in. You get a defense that works, you keep that yeah. defense there. You don't Absolutely. have three quarterbacks. I'm glad you bring that up because let's talk about these numbers. You're, both your teams fucking play well. Kirk Cousins, you're one quarterback, 29.4. ETM oh. only .3. I don't know what happened to him that week. Um, He's small. 16 from Kenneth Walker, 14 from Tyler Lockett, McLaurin, 7, fine. Cole Komet, 4.3. Whatever points give to me. Miles Sanders, 31.5. You oh. know, hitting, them, hitting those holes. Go Birds. Go birds. Tyler Boyd, only 2.6, but fucking whatever. Yeah. 49ers. 49ers, 19.25. Striking gold again. Yeah. Max, I mean, he does a good defensive game where... He plays the Jets, who get him 17 points. Mm-hmm. He could have swapped in his other defense on this bench, the Steelers, for 20.5, which would have given him the double. Yeah, that would have. You know, because here's a guy who's owning two defenses. For a man who struggles so much with decisions, yeah. he goes out of his way to give himself more decisions than is absolutely necessary. Exactly. If I lived in Max's brain, and I don't, um, but it might be interesting for a day. I would try to reduce the amount of decisions I have to make from day to day because they are so much more paralyzing for him in a fantasy context and only a fantasy context yeah. than, than for me. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why you would, especially about defenses and quarterbacks and all these high variance, you know, uh, Situations why you would give yourself all these decisions. Yeah, so like, and so that's the thing, like, because Ramondre Stevenson on his team, 15.7, Damian Pierce, 3.1, shitty day, but whatever. Godwin, 24. Justin Jefferson, you know, a shared history there between you. Mm-hmm. He's he's playing with fire in his heart because he's probably emotionally charged, 25.9. He's trying to prove himself to daddy. Yeah, and he, and he does, you know. He does. George Kittle, in the meantime, 4.1. He's 0.1 less than the Comet that day. And then Pollard and Julio Jones are each 7 points, so it's fine. But the most interesting thing, and to bring it back to earlier, he still has three quarterbacks. Yeah. Justin Herbert, Geno Smith, and Tua. Yeah. And when we were doing Fuck, Mary Kill earlier, yeah. we both said we are going to kill Tua. Yeah. 
And for good reason here, because Tua puts up 20.5 versus Justin Herbert, who does 37.3, Geno Smith, who does 25.2. Any of those guys would have easily have surpassed you. Just jumped you, no problem whatsoever. But here we are. And it would have changed the entire trajectory of the whole season. Mm-hmm. You would have been out of the playoffs. Max would have been in. Yeah. Who knows what he could have done there. But the fact that this man is keeping three quarterbacks and two defenses. Oh, my God. Why? Why? Especially because he's discovered Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and he doesn't feel comfortable with commitment, I think, in some ways. Specifically, talking about fantasy football. And the fact that he's unable to commit to... Um, uh, a hyper-talented, athletic, sexual freak like Justin Herbert <laughs> yeah. is honestly disturbing to me. Like, I don't yeah. know how he can't just be like, this is my guy. No, instead I need to keep, like, broke jaw mountain Geno Smith and uh, fucking multiple concussions. Like, the world is talking about Tua's brain yeah. <laughs> at yeah. this point. But somehow we need to keep them on my team so I can look at these three delicious hamburgers in front of me every week and choose which bite to take. It it yeah. baffles me why yes. he would put himself into this absolute torture chamber of fantasy football skill decision making. Well, Especially when there's plenty of people who would have probably traded mm-hmm. for Geno or Tua at this point in the year. With garbage quarterbacks. But this is, I think this is the difference, you know, between not making the playoffs and and sort of making that run is you have to make decisions, you have to make them earlier than you think you do, and you play that game. Um, That's skill. It's a skill-based game, 100%. And we both know that. But before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to impart this audience with? You know, I'm sure you'll be back on the show soon, Mm, and we'll talk about more about things, but... I just want to make sure that you're getting your time, and I appreciate you being here. Oh yeah, I've had a I've had a blast. I'll just keep it brief. You're never out of it until you're out of it, and and I think I've I've gone through a roller coaster of like, well, if you're bad, you should be really bad, and and if you're good, you should try to be really good. Sometimes you just gotta trust your own skill, man, and you gotta say I can throughout the course of a year make enough good decisions to keep me competitive. Trust in that. Trust in wanting to compete every year. Be a competitor, you know? And and know your know your weaknesses. My weaknesses? Dropping Justin Jefferson. I always drop Justin Jefferson. So apparently I'm never allowed to have him again. Um, and so now that I've overcome that weakness, I feel really confident that this is going to be my year in the, in the BFA. Um, so appreciative of, of this time uh, to, to share with you, to discuss uh, our, our shared history and pathway through the 2022 season of the BFA. And and I look forward to a a future conversation, sir. Thank you so much. We've been joined by John Marr today. And I'm sure we'll be meeting again. I'm Eugene Schacht. This is I Am Garbage. We'll catch you again next episode. (laughs) 